Hey guys, my name is Alex and you're listening to the Thousand Movie Project podcast. A couple of years ago when I was still I was still in the habit of reading every monologue like like there was a gun to my head, I did a segment, an opening segment in like a three-part episode where I talked about this guy, a very big guy that I was noticing every Monday night at my local bar. And the reason I knew it was every Monday night that I was seeing him is because he was always taking advantage of the Monday night special. The Monday night special at this particular bar, if you're in the area, you might know what I'm talking about, is you can get unlimited boneless chicken wings for $15. And it's a very popular deal. I have never availed myself of it because I don't respond well, really, to deep fried things. And it looks like the makings for a gastric cyclone. But it is very popular. And I think that this bar, which will go unnamed, I think they have a very... Not pernicious, but a very clever tactic for how they present this food to you in such a way as to ensure that no, that they don't lose money. It might be that I'm projecting a pattern where there is none, but I have seen this happen several times. And the way that they seem to serve these unlimited chicken wings is like this. You sit down, you place your order for unlimited chicken wings. They ask which of the five sauces you would like to have your flaccid poultry soaked in and you choose it and then they bring it to you in increments of five you get five boneless chicken wings in one of those red plastic baskets and after you eat your five wings they will bring you another basket but they will also leave you with the first basket still in front of you and when you finish that second basket they will bring you a third one but they will leave the first and the second in front of you. Only once you have piled three baskets in front of yourself will they take those baskets away. And at that point, it seems to me that people feel kind of disgusted with themselves because they've been having to sit out in public with three empty baskets coated in some kind of sauce. Evidence, they look at the three baskets, they say, I am still hungry, but good lord, what, what have I done? And then they seldom ever order a fourth. But that's not the case with the guy that I'm telling you about, whose name I I may as well go ahead and tell you. His name is Tony, and he's the one I was talking about those couple years ago in that segment. Tony, as I mentioned, is a big guy. He's probably 6'2", 6'3", and he's got a very big appetite. And part of what exacerbates his appetite is that he walks everywhere. He walks and walks through the neighborhood all day and all through the early evening. He delivers on foot for Uber Eats. So the guy is burning calories. And if you tell Tony he can have all of the chicken wings he wants for $15, he is bringing $15 and his appetite. And another thing about Tony and his walking and walking and walking around Brickle is that as he is loping around and swinging his arms and nodding to music, Tony is also pretty much always talking to himself. He's quoting little snippets from movies. He's making observations about the Miami Heat or the Panthers. He's always talking to himself, but it's never anything private. He's not having any kind of, like, sinister conversation with unseen people. He's literally just thinking out loud. And this is usually the grounds on which people strike up conversation with him, is because he says something to himself out loud 
about the Miami Heat or about a Marvel movie or, or the Panthers, and someone overhears it and they join him in conversation. Now, I would see Tony all the time at Red Bar, Batch, American Social, wherever I go for a drink in this span of four or five blocks, I find Tony. And part of what makes it so weird is like, Tony doesn't drink. It's really just like his social cycle. He makes a routine of stepping in to each one of these bars, probably every single night, and he sits down and he orders a Diet Coke. Nobody ever bothers to charge him for the Diet Coke. And he makes conversation with the bartenders, with the regulars. And then I think he just sort of walks around the neighborhood for a little while and heads home. Whenever I talk to Tony, we generally end up talking about our jobs, because Tony, like basically everyone we speak to at these bars, he works in hospitality. He washes dishes, he's worked as a line cook in some places. He finally ended up getting a job somewhat close to here in like South Miami, but for a long time he was working as a dishwasher at a restaurant in Aventura. And if you're not familiar with Miami, it's, it's a 20 mile commute from where we are. And Tony does not have a car, so Tony has to catch like two buses and a train to get to work, and sometimes if he has to stay there and close the restaurant, he has to spend like 30 bucks on an Uber to get back home, which is incredibly fucking hobbling and frustrating because 30 bucks is about half of what he earns in that shift. And I was in that boat to, to a degree. I would commiserate about how there would be nights when I was bartending in Coral Gables. I would earn like $39 at the bar. I'd close up the restaurant and then I would walk two blocks and pay $18 to get my car out of a garage. And so we would commiserate about the frustrations of working in hospitality, the upsides of working in hospitality. We would talk about Marvel movies because he was over the fucking moon about Marvel movies, movies in general. And the other thing we talk about pretty often is this, is, is podcasting. One day I was over at American Social, I was talking with the bartender, Romeo, and I was telling him about my experiences with this, with Thousand Movie Project podcast, and Tony was a couple stools over. And the reason he and I weren't talking is because we seldom do talk. We are acquaintances, we're friendly, we wave to each other on the sidewalk, but it's, we're just acquaintances. But Tony overheard that I have a podcast, and he goes, hey, I, I have a podcast too, and it's also about movies. He was, under, he was under the impression, given the title of this podcast, that it's about movies. I don't know why one would have that impression. Anyways, I said, I, I would love to hear it. What's your podcast called? And then he shared with me the magnificent title, Movie Talk News with Antonio Gutierrez. Are we live? Are we live? And are you entertained? This is uh, Movie Talk News with Antonio Gutierrez podcast. We're going to talk about the passing of Shadowick Shadow uh, Shadow uh, Bozeman, passing over weekend with colon cancer, and my mini movie review of New Year. Yes, I went to Subway. Uh, we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about the Shad Bozeman who passed away this past weekend. Um, no one has Bad Panther. He was, he was Black Panther. Uh, he died of uh, battle with colon cancer. Now, Here's the, the weird thing about this whole story, in my opinion. There is no reports about he having colon cancer. So he asked me to listen to it, and I listened to it, and I fucking love it. I don't know what it is. I th Part of it is he's got a distinct voice on the ear, but I think there's also a distinct voice in, like, the literary sense. Like, there is a sensibility about how he talks, and he's got a... This sounds... I feel like this probably sounds a little bit objectifying, but... Tony's got a stammer, but it's not debilitating. He will stammer at a sentence, like, always, like, three or four times 
and then he overcomes it and he continues. And it's, uh, I don't know if this is appropriate, like, it's appropriate to speak of someone's speech impediment this way, but it's sort of, the way I listen to it, it seems to imbue his conversation with a kind of rhythm. And listening to it on the podcast, it's not to say that there's, like, a musicality to it, it's just, yeah, that sounds like Tony. Actually, I should Google, like, what's the common etiquette when you're talking with someone who's got a, a stammer and they're having a hard time, and you wonder, is it discourteous to step in and help them finish the sentence? I remember when I worked in a tutoring center at Miami-Dade College, there was a woman named April who helped students who were deaf and hard of hearing, and whenever she would come into the tutoring center, she had to give me and any other tutor basically the ground rules. And the foremost rule of tutoring a student who was deaf or hard of hearing was I had to make exclusive eye contact with the student. So I would say something to the student, and then they would sign their response to April. They would be making eye contact with April as they signed, but I was not supposed to look at April. And when April was translating, when she was giving voice to what they had sort of articulated with their hands, I was not to look at April. I was to look at this student and take April's voice as their own. And you know, another one of those little etiquette things that kind of surprised me in, in the way that it made like such perfect sense is I was hearing someone on a podcast, or maybe it was on the radio, and they were talking about, it was a guy, and he was talking about his experience of coming out of the closet, and he said that he had this happen to him, and he has commiserated about it with other men who have come out of the closet, that when they finally tell someone, hey, I'm gay, I'm bi, I'm queer, however it is, there's always someone who goes, I knew it. I knew it, and I knew it ever since, whatever. And they're trying to be friendly, they don't mean anything bad by it, but it's kind of like they're taking your moment of confession and they're turning it into their moment of, of uh, prescience. Anyways, we're talking about uh, Movie Talk News with Antonio Gutierrez. We also have confirmed Daniel Cray is the next James Bond. And also, we also have a lot of movie topics coming here on Movie Talk News with Antonio Gutierrez. And guys, I am, I am, I am, I'm gonna go... Start with the, I, I start with the meat. I, start with the I just fucking love his podcast. But like me, he's not very consistent with it. And so, like, every now and then, I see him at a bar, and I'm like, hey, I, Tony, I'm listening to your podcast. I really like it. And then he just, you know, he nods in his very fast way. And he's like, yeah, yeah, there's more to come, more to come. And then he chugs his Diet Coke and, you know, walks off into the night. So I discovered his podcast eight months ago, nine months ago. But then, you know, I started dating my girlfriend and spending more time with her. I got seriously caught up in Cuba fruit, so I was spending a bunch of time on that. I wasn't going to the bars as often. I wasn't seeing Tony as often. And then one day, about two months ago, I was walking under the, Met the Miami Metro People Mover, whatever that thing is, and as I'm passing underneath it, I think I see Tony sleeping on the sidewalk. He's sleeping on his side, he's facing the wall. And it was jarring because, like, I know this guy. We're friendly, and this experience has happened a couple times now. One guy that I went to high school with is now homeless, and a guy that I went to college with is now homeless. And the reason that those two encounters came so vividly to mind is because I, d I didn't really know either of those guys, either the one from high school or the one from college, who both ended up homeless. And But I do kind of know Tony. And so... There was part of me that was like, should I go and say hi to him? But then I thought, yes, he is, he is in public. He's sleeping on the sidewalk. Everyone can see him, but he's facing the wall and he's wrapped in a blanket. Maybe this is a private moment for him. Because I do think that is something we ought to take into consideration. I do 
all the time see homeless people in my neighborhood, like, taking a shit out in the open. Or they, the guys, at least, they roll, they lay in the grass and roll on their side and they sort of open their pants and they pee that way. They're stuck out in the open and they have to have this private moment. Let them have the private moment. Yeah, it's right out in the open. Just look, fuck, fucking look away. They would rather not be doing it. And you would rather not be looking at them do it. So just pretend it's not happening. So I was thinking like, okay, maybe Tony's having a private moment. Let me not approach him. And then I was thinking like, if I did approach him, what would I say? Like going back to that question of etiquette, is it more, would it have been more polite to overlook his situation, just be like, hey, how's it going? Talk is the, you know, I'm listening to your podcast. Like, everything is normal, everything is fine. Or, even as a passing acquaintance, is it somewhat incumbent on me to be like, hey, what happened? Is, is some, did something go wrong? Is there any way I can help you? Do you need a few bucks? Would you like a Diet Coke? And I think this is one of my fucking, like, social faults. One of my shortcomings in navigating the world is whenever I'm presented with an awkward situation, I immediately ask myself, what is the etiquette? There is some childish part of me that, that seems to believe there is a way that things are done, that there is a rule book for every situation. And I think that is the kind of sensibility that people in power try to put in your head so that you become a meek kind of person and you're not, you don't take risks and you don't challenge authority. So I thought I saw Tony and I just, I didn't, I didn't approach. And then a few nights later, I'm at the normal bar, the bar where every Monday I, in the past, I've seen him get $15 wings. And so I lean toward one of the bartenders and I go, hey, have you seen Tony lately? And the bartender says, Tony, Tony, um, oh, Tony, yeah, I said, yeah, no, yeah, Tony, he's dead. And I was like, what? What? He's dead? And he said, yeah, Tony died like a couple months ago. And I just, like, it didn't register. And I was like, the Tony who's here every month, Tony Diet Coke. And he goes, yeah, Tony Diet Coke, he died. And I was like, how did he die? And the bartender didn't have many details. He said it had something to do with a surgery, but there was another bartender who knows the details. So a few days later, I come back. Here is that particular bartender. I say to her, hey, I heard about Tony, what happened? And rather than telling me the story, she just pointed me toward his Instagram page and his Facebook page, where he had kind of been chronicling an injury. He was working as a dishwasher at a restaurant in South Miami and some hot oil spilled on his foot. He got horrific burns and there were some complications during a surgery and he died. And part of what was so striking about looking at his, at his Instagram and at his Facebook was seeing that he was friends with pretty much everyone on Brickle. And for days I was so hung up on Tony's death. And I don't think it was entirely grief. It is a very sad thing that he died. I think he was in his early 40s. And maybe this is splitting hairs, but I feel like it's less grief than shock. And I don't know why I'm so shocked. In fact, I went back and I spoke to that bartender, the one who knew the story. And I said to her, I don't know what it is that I'm so hooked on the fact that Tony died. And she has been in the industry for almost 20 years. And she says, I know exactly what you're talking about because it's happened to me four or five times that I'll have a regular who comes in every night for three or five years, then I don't see him for two weeks and it turns out he was friends with another regular and that other regular, you know, shares the news that the guy died. Part of what strikes me about this whole thing is what feels like the astronomical unlikeliness that I should have even learned that Tony died. Yes, we saw each other all the time, but I think we probably had like 
a dozen conversations in the course of four years. It's not like we were really getting together all the time. I didn't have his phone number, we were not friends on any social media, but we lived in the same neighborhood, we went to the same bars, we knew the same people, except we didn't even really know the same people, we knew the same faces. And as trivial as these relationships may be, they are relationships. And yeah, it's a, it's a really sad thing that he died so young, um, but I've been looking at his YouTube page and listening to his podcast, and it's nice that he's got this legacy, that this dude just, like, fucking took it upon himself to start talking into a camera, start talking into a microphone, and to share his thoughts on things. And so, maybe that's a bit of a downer. I didn't mean to, like, bring you down. Just, you know, in tribute to Tony Diet Coke, I wanted you to be able to hear his voice, and uh, and I wanted to kind of, I don't know, stroll memory lane, in a way, by going through his, his content. Anyways, thanks for listening, and if you've got one, let's raise a Diet Coke in memory of Tony Gutierrez. Cheers! Cheers.